Section 66 of Up One Pair of Stairs of My Bookhouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Crystal Treader. Up One Pair of Stairs of My Bookhouse. Edited by Olive Beaupre Miller. The Story of Tom Thumb, an English Folktale. Long ago, in the days of the great King Arthur, there was an honest ploughman who lived with his wife in a neat, comfortable cottage. They would have been a very happy couple, except for the fact that they had no children. "'I should be the happiest woman in the world,' said the wife one day, "'if only I had a son. Even if he were no bigger than my husband's thumb, still I should be satisfied.' Some time after this it came to pass that the good woman's wish was fulfilled. She did indeed have a son, and, strange to say, he was not one bit bigger than his father's thumb. The queen of the fairies, wishing to see the child, flew in at the window when he was but a few days old, and found his mother feeding him out of the cup of an acorn. As soon as the queen saw the little fellow, she kissed him, and gave him the name of Tom Thumb. Then she sent for some of her fairies to come and dress him according to her orders. They made him a little hat of an oak leaf, his shirt was of spider's web, his jacket of thistle-down, and his trousers of tiny feathers. His stockings they made of apple-rind, and his shoes of nicely tanned mouse's skin. Tom never grew any bigger than his father's thumb, but he was a brave and merry little fellow, so his parents loved him dearly. One day his mother was making a batter of pudding, and she placed him in an empty eggshell to keep him out of mischief. But Tom, being very anxious to see how she stirred up the batter, climbed out of the eggshell and up the slippery side of the bowl. The next thing he knew he lost his footing and plumbed head over heels into the batter. His mother never noticed him, but stirred him right into the pudding. Then she dumped him into the pudding bag and put him in the kettle to boil. The batter filled Tom's mouth and prevented him from crying out, but he kicked and struggled and with all his might to get free. His mother, seeing her pudding dance madly round about in the pot as though it were alive, seized it in alarm and threw it out of the window. Just at that time a tinker was passing by, and as he saw a nice-looking pudding come his way, he picked it up and started to eat it. By that time Tom had got his mouth free of the batter, and he began to cry aloud, Let me go! Let me go, Tom the tinker! The tinker was so startled to hear the pudding talk that he flung it over the hedge and ran away as fast as his legs would carry him. But the fall had broken the pudding all to bits, so Tom crept out, all covered with batter, and made his way home. His mother was very sorry to see her darling in such a state, but she put him in a teacup and washed him off clean. Then she kissed him and put him to bed. Soon after this Tom's mother went one day to milk her cow in the pasture, and she took him along with her. It was a very windy day and 
in order to make sure that he would not blow away she tied him to a thistle with a strand of fine thread the cow was peacefully eating but she soon spied tom's oak-leaf hat and thinking it was a good-looking morsel to eat she took up the little fellow and the thistle at a mouthful when the cow began to chew tom had great difficulty to keep out of the way of her teeth and her tongue but he called out boldly mother mother oh tommy my dear little tommy where are you cried his mother i'm here in the red cow's mouth he answered bravely at that the cow surprised at the odd tickling of something moving in her throat opened her mouth and let tom drop out his mother caught him in her apron as he was falling to the ground and ran off home with him tom often went to the fields with his father and as he was anxious to be of use he one day begged to be allowed to take home the horse and cart his father laughed at the very idea of little tom's driving a huge horse you why you couldn't even reach up to the top of his hoofs he cried how are you going to hold the reins oh answered tom quite confidently i don't need to hold the reins i'll just sit in the horse's ear and call out which way he is to go the father was amazed that his son should think of anything so bold and clever so he placed little tom in the horse's ear and let him set out yo hop yo hop cried tom and guided the horse so well he reached home in a short time tom's mother was greatly surprised when she saw that the horse arrived at the cottage with no one to drive him but tom called out mother mother take me down i'm in the horse's ear now just to think of a little man like you driving a great big beast like that cried his mother and she was so pleased with what he had done that she lifted him carefully down and gave him a whole big red currant for his supper seeing how helpful his son could be the father now made him a little whip of barley straw so he could sometimes drive the cattle home as he was in the field thus at work one day a raven spied him and picked him up soaring high in the air carrying him away he dropped him at last from his talons onto the top of a tree near a giant's castle pretty soon out came the giant for a walk on the terrace mistaking tom for the fruit of the tree he plucked him off the branch and opened his mouth to swallow him but just then along through the air came the queen of the fairies in a chariot drawn by flying mice snatching tom from the giant's hand she placed him beside her and drove off with him to fairyland in that lovely country tom spent many happy days being well entertained by the fairies but after a time the queen dressed him in a new little suit of bright green and sent him floating on a lively breeze straight to king arthur's palace as tom was flying over the palace yard the king's cook passed along below with a great bowl of the king's favorite dish frumenti at that moment the breeze dropped tom and he fell plumb into the middle of the bowl making the cook drop it with a smash and spill all the king's dainty frumenti help help thieves cried the cook who was a red-faced cross-grained fellow swearing that tom had meant to play this trick on him he caught him and put him in a mouse-trap 
there to keep him till he could take him and make complaint of him before the king. But while Tom was there, the cat, seeing something moving in the cage, thought him a mouse, and so rolled the cage about between her paws till she had broken it and set him loose. Then Tom ran off and hid himself in an empty snail's shell. There he stayed in safety till he grew hungry. Peeping out in search of some means to get food, he saw a great butterfly alight on a flower near him. So he sprang at once astride the butterfly's back, and the little creature flew up with him into the air and flitted from flower to flower. But at last, attracted by a light in the king's dining-room, the butterfly flew in at the open window. King, queen, and nobles tried to catch him, but they could not. What with the darting and dodging, however, Tom, having neither saddle nor bridle, lost a seat and fell sprawling on the table. King, queen, and nobles all spied the little man at once, and everyone was delighted with him. Far from punishing him for spoiling his frumenti, the king gave him a half-blackberry for his supper, and he soon became a great favourite. His tricks and gambles and lively words amused the whole court, and when the king rode out he often took Tom along. He thought so much of his company. If it happened to rain, Tom would creep in the king's pocket and sleep there, quite cosily, till the rain was over. At length King Arthur ordered a little chair to be made, so that Tom might sit before him on the table, and he caused to be built for him also a palace of gold, a span high with a door just an inch in width, and he gave him a little golden coach with six small white mice to draw it. But Tom still thought of his mother and father, and one day he asked the king to let him pay them a visit. King Arthur not only consented, but when he heard that Tom's parents were poor, he led him into the treasury where he kept all his gold, and told him he might take them as much money as he could carry. Tom, with much difficulty, dragged out a three-penny piece, and loaded it on his back. Then he toiled along the road beneath his mighty burden for two whole days and nights before he reached his father's cottage. His mother met him at the door and could not thank him enough for taking so much trouble, all for love of them. She placed him in a walnut shell by the fireside, made him comfortable and cosy, and feasted him for three days till he had consumed the whole hazelnut which had been prepared for him. When he had thoroughly rested and enjoyed himself with his family, his duty told him it was time to return to court. So he bade his mother and father good-bye, and was off. As soon as he returned, King Arthur made him a knight, Sir Thomas Thumb, he was now called, and the king gave him a needle for a sword, and a mouse for a horse. Thus armed and mounted, he rode out with the king and his knights, and all enjoyed a hearty laugh at the sight of Sir Thomas and his prancing steed. One fine day, as they passed a farmhouse, a large black cat jumped out and rushed upon him and his mouse. But Tom drew his needle and boldly defended himself and his steed, till one of the king's knights came to his assistance and carried him safely off. Thus Sir Thomas Thumb held his own bravely in the world, and withal was so merry, 
lively and bold that he won the respect and affection of all in later years he was often heard to sing my name is tom thumb from the fairies i come when king arthur shone his court was my home in me he delighted by him i was knighted did you never once hear of sir thomas thumb end of section sixty six recording by crystal treader